What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We have a really fun interview with for you for today. There we go, brain to mouth. Ashley Walter, healthy living concierge. She's up in Chicago, Illinois. So if you're in that area, she also does national clients too. So she does um, over Zoom. So she can be remote. But if you are in that area and need a little help with your overall healthy lifestyle. Uh, she gets in everything. She cares about you as a person, your overall well-being, from stress to sleep to everything. Uh, she's got your back. So check her out at Living with Ashley on Instagram. And dude, she was just, she was a lot of fun. She mm-hmm. really brought the heat into uh, her background. She's been in other corporate jobs before. So she talked about her transition on leaving those, starting her own business. Now she's a full-blown entrepreneur, does what she does full-time, been on TV, she writes. So she talks about a lot of different areas that go into a business and some of the strategies behind that, but also with just building a healthy lifestyle and from eating to training, uh, she really dove deep on some things. Tim, what did you think about the interview with Ashley? Yeah, I, I loved her energy. She, she was very positive. She knew what she was talking about. You can tell that she's truly immersed in what she's doing and, and loving every step of the process and in an industry that's very competitive very crowded there's a lot of nutrition coaches out there there's a lot of dietitians a lot of holistic people so she explains the difference between holistic and like dietitian and how she talks about just her methodology how she separates herself from other coaches uh, she's one to to be more authentic with her brand more relatable um, she talks about how she wants to walk with people through the process not not advertise some crazy marketing scheme and work towards something she's actually her methodology is just really good and she explains that something that every one of us can can learn from um, as we if we start our own business or if we if we're coaching or mentoring others in some capacity a lot of good lessons that uh, she explained there and she's she's been through some some tough life events um, that have shaped her and molded her into who she is today and that's a big part of of how she's able to portray her brand is she's being herself. So 100%. I really enjoyed talking to her. It was, it was a great interview. Yeah, man. She uh, she really brought the heat. So without further ado, you guys are going to love this episode. Here we are talking with Ashley Walton. So I'm Colin and this is Tim. Hi, guys. Pleasure to meet you in person. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you taking time to join us today. I know it's Sunday. It's okay. Honestly, I do. I have a five-year-old, and I do um, uh, every other weekend when she's not at the house. I mm-hmm. basically just working. So okay, okay. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, this right. weekend's my work weekend, and uh, you caught me at a good time. So. Good. Yeah. I'm like, well, we'll try. I mean, I'm sure you get tons of messages. And so what, like, we'll kind of find people like via hashtags or sometimes I'm like, okay, all health and wellness people today or chefs today, tattoo artists someday. And uh, you popped up. I was like, well, Chicago, we'll see. So yeah, where in Chicago are you at? 50 degrees today. I'm downtown and I'm shocked that my backyard, the ice is melting. Shockingly, I am downtown, but I have a house with a with a little bit of grass before you get to my garage. Oh, nice. It's, it's been ice for oh. like two weeks. And today I go outside um, again because I have to let the dogs out. Mm. And I go, oh, great. Everything's melted. Now it's a swamp. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you guys? We're Indianapolis. So Indianapolis? we have oh, like gosh. similar weather. Yeah. So yeah. I, I went to high school in Chicago. So my parents are still in the region. Oh, where are you from? Cherville. Oh, okay. I'm from yeah. um, Northfield, which is just 
North. Oh yeah, absolutely. My yeah. girlfriend who was just here, who used to be my brand manager, um, recently moved to Indianapolis. She mm. represents uh, a lot of professional athletes. So she does a lot of work with the Colts. Uh, okay, cool. And I have, one of them is my client. Oh, uh, nice. So I actually have to come down to your neck of the woods in the next few weeks. So mm. it'd be fun. Maybe we'll do it in person sometime. Right? Maybe. Maybe. So how, long, how long have you been up there? Um, God, I grew up in the suburbs my whole life. I only time I've been away from here is when I went to, I went to Miami of Ohio for college. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I lived in Spain for a little bit. My, my four year, my bachelor's degree is in journalism. Oh, very okay. so. cool. All right. We're not just going to glaze over the Spain, yeah. part. we're going back to that. So you lived in Spain. There you go. Yeah. No. So, um, at, in college I was originally, a. there you go. It's all good. Major. Um, Spanish journalism and then marketing. Uh, I cut down on the marketing. I kept Spanish and journalism. Um, I wanted to work for CNN in Spain. I was just, mm, okay. I'm half Brazilian, so I cool. it's like always the Latin side of me. But um, yeah, that was like my goal. So I lived over there and interned for them for a while. Um, did DC. Uh, when I came back to Chicago, there was some family stuff. Um, didn't end up going into journalism. Just wanted to get a job right away. Went into sales. Okay. And you'll interview me about this part, but yeah, my twenties were basically spent being really sick. And then, um, even up until like recently, a couple years ago, I was in a coma. So I, I've, oh, I've had geez. a lot of, uh, interesting challenges, but if anyone's going to be put through it, it's going to be someone like me, but yeah, so that was that. But, um, yeah, so Ohio basically is my only other address. Okay. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you like Miami? Um, loved it. My, my, I, Miami now is so different. I still go back and um, mentor kids and my family's still involved because my whole, my dad and my sister went there too. Mm, um, cool. But I got, I had such good teachers. Um, their student to teacher ratio and their special programming and their stuff is amazing. Mm. Uh, they made it easy for me. I mean, I was in two different schools to mm. continue to go through what I wanted to. And they've uh, upgraded their facilities a lot, but I loved living in the cornfields. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. But, yeah. It's yeah. one of those places where you have everything you need right there in Oxford. My my girlfriend's actually a grad student there, so she's oh, getting awesome. yeah she's getting she didn't go there for undergrad, but she's there for for two years now. And yeah, it's got everything you need, and then it's just yeah. everything around it. There's nothing, so you, you kind of That's, it's it's peaceful. It's good. It is peaceful. It's yeah. very uh yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah. it, we never went anywhere unless we were going for like a weekend trip. It was always yeah. everything was there, and it's not too far for anybody to go home. Right. You know? mm -hmm. Right. Which is nice. That's awesome. Well, good luck to her. Yeah. I was made fun of a lot for cornfields in high school. They're like, <laughs> hey, you Indiana boys. Like, I'm like, have you been to the middle of the state of Illinois? Like, you produce more corn than we do. <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. Like, it's the compare. You could, it's like Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, they're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, you should about. thank my state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the 80s, I lived in Warsaw, Indiana. That's where like he's from. Year. That's where I'm from. Really? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, that's my amazing. childhood, um, for lack of a better term, nanny, but babysitter, because my sister's a lot older than me, so I was home by myself. Um, is from there and mm. still lives there, wow. and like she sends me stuff all the time about how Warsaw's changed and yada yada. It's but yeah, I lived a there. Lot. It's changed a lot. Yeah, that's I've cool. Met. How uh, how old were you when you lived there? Like what age range? Oh God, I was definitely so. Mm, one to two. Okay, so you. Yeah. yeah but I've been back. Yeah. I've been back because Kiki, the um, Carolyn, my nanny from there, moved to Illinois with us, and I used to go back with her to visit okay. and stuff. And then until I was like 
14. Mm. So that was the last awesome. time I was there. It was 14. But yeah, yeah. Warsaw. That's so random, dude, because <laughs> yeah. you don't even know what Warsaw is. No, so it's not a big city. I mean, it's not like a metropolitan big city, but they, it's in the middle of nowhere, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's the orthopedic capital of the world. Like that's their biggest claim. They got all the, the med companies there, but yeah, no one has really known about it outside of Indiana. You wouldn't know. Not until business. that guy was on the bachelor. Oh yeah. Ben Higgins. My brother yeah. plays basketball with him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was like, all of a sudden I don't watch that show, but somebody there's like, you know, all the hashtags and the whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, the bachelor's from Warsaw? What so random. One of the most random places you could have a bachelor from. But, so great. Yeah. So great. God, I hate that show. <laughs> you know, I'm glad any, you said you don't watch it. Now I can talk some shit about it. I hate that only, show. The only reason that show is good is if someone makes me watch it and turns it into a drinking game or something. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cries. Like, I'll make fun of it, but I can never take those things. I, oh, my God. We're all, we're all going to get along just fine this this interview. Totally. Totally. Uh so yeah, let's let's get into it a little bit. Um I saw Healthy Living Concierge, you're a certified chef. So where yeah. did your kind of health and, and wellness and fitness journey start for you? Was it always a passion? I know you were in journalism. I mean, gr- growing up as a kid, it was more about um being an athlete. I was mm-hmm. really into doing everything. Um, and I always had to be, I was really competitive and I always had to be really good at what I was doing. Um, but in the long run, it ended up being, um, running was a cross country runner. And then, um, I ran the race circuit marathons, yada, yada. But I grew up with a mom who was really into reading. She used to get delivered. I remember every week it would be the Tufts nutrition newsletter, Harvard medical journal, and she'd get all these newsletters. And the next day, they'd be on my desk in my bedroom. <laughs> like, Are you trying to tell me something? But no, I always, you know, my parents had a personal trainer when nobody did in like the 80s, you know? Mm. Like, we just grew up in a home that made taking care of yourself super important, um, just for your health. So I started running at 10, like with my dad on a three-mile mm. circle um, in our town. I started meal prepping, like helping my mom cook and stuff, and my grandma at a very young age. So I think it was just put into me as why wouldn't I care about this um, type of situation? It was my normal. Um, And then also like go into where, when you start to get to a point when you get older and you have to adjust. So like high school was easy to eat pretty healthy, right? Like you can bring your lunch, you've got the cafeteria, but college is so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to just try to adjust and not have too many fluctuations and keep your energy up. I kept teaching myself and I kept reading. I love to cook. It is a huge part of my life. But I never thought of being a nutritionist until I got older and I needed to help myself even more because my 20s, I got pretty sick. And um, I graduated, degree in journalism, awesome, love it. I use it now. Uh, but I went into like a normal job, which is a sales job, which is a lot of hard work. And I mean, 12 hours a day, you're responsible for you know, making those ends meet and mm-hmm. you're working on quotas and all that stuff. So I found after six or seven months of working so many hours and pushing myself, going to the gym at three in the morning, um, mm. four in the morning, just to get it in, uh, I, I was dying and I thought maybe I just had exhaustion, but I started to constantly have these like really horrible stomach pains and bad digestion. Like I was constantly bloated and I was like super low energy and sorry. To make a long story short in my 20s, um, I met with a nutritionist and a trainer um, at the local uh, 
workout facility here to adjust from college to adult life. And uh, that helped me a lot. And I love the tools they gave me. But continuing to get sick, I was starting to see that it was more than just calories in, calories out and getting that sweat session. So I got, uh, I ended up having uh, inflamed intestines, which wow. then later on after several tests, GI doctors and yada yada ends up getting, um, do you have Crohn's disease? You have a damaged section of your intestine. It's a very intense situation. Everybody's um, situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was told to cut out gluten and dairy and I made all these steps. Then there was so many other things. 23 years old, I was on the treadmill. I went to anaphylactic shock, um, an adult onset allergy to peanuts and, and other nuts. Um, and then people don't know about this, but like your body sometimes, um, very, very, very few people, like 2% of people that have been in anaphylactic shock develop this disease, which is literally like I-M-M-A-A-F. Uh, summarized where for three to five years, your body spontaneously will go into anaphylaxis because it doesn't know how to write itself after oh what you God. Wow. So That's I went crazy. through that um, and I went into anaphylaxis two more times. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had, a, you know, uh, cancer cells, um, like cervical cancer cells found two different times, um, like the precancer, not full blown. Um, so just going through all those things where you're like, why is my body doing this to me? How am I treating my body? Um, but being in so much pain, I ended up having to quit my job because I literally was like in and out of the hospital or going through procedures and in sales, you can't miss that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, self-care was something I really learned. And in your 20s too, you're still trying to figure everything out. So to do that for myself took a lot. And then when I took a break, quit my job, I just was like, what's the one thing that gets me going? And that's taking care of myself. So I got certified as a trainer, put myself through, um, originally I started at uh, UIC here in Chicago, um, and I did all the prereqs, which is like six science classes, biostatistics, like all the fun things that I suck at. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like I didn't want to stress myself out because of my health, but then you take um, bio stuff. Yeah. But when you know the end result of something, even if it is originally stressful, it's so worth it. And so yeah. I knew where I was going with it. Um, I was a personal trainer to, to pay my way through school. I got through the prereqs. I was starting on their grad program, um, to be an RD and I hated it. Hmm. It was like, eat hundred calorie packs, have diet Coke, not real Coke. Um, let's balance IV back. It just wasn't who I wanted to be. Really? So that was all in the RD program. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, obviously we're all a product of our own lifestyle at the time I was with the person I was going to end up marrying. Um, and I couldn't leave the state. And so originally where I wanted to go to school was in Boston. And then you have these internships where you're sent other places and that just wasn't going to be a part of my life leaving this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I didn't enjoy the, the premise of it, like mm-hmm. the, this or that it's more of, I'm such a holistic person, mm-hmm. um, where I just believe in whole foods and clean and being smart about it and realistic and, um, how you feel, not just diagnosing someone and making them lose weight. Yeah. So I went in and I actually ended up getting my master's, um, from a holistic school. Uh, online for integrative nutrition, oh, which cool. is exactly what it's, it's nutrition. It's exactly yeah. what I'm just not, uh, like if you have diabetes, I am not, uh, certified to work with you. That's mm, that, Really, okay. but I'm basically what everybody's looking for. So oh, yeah. 
it's interesting, like you can go online right now and you can see all these accountability coaches and their programming and stuff. And most of them have in their FAQs that they're not certified in anything. They're just a coach. Um, this day and age, it's a little different. So yes, I have my master's in holistic nutrition, but I also have like 12 different certifications too. Okay. Okay. And, and anymore, it's like, doesn't matter what's on the wall, what piece of paper you got. It's, do you get the results and yeah. safely and, and how do you get there? So, yeah. um, with, with, those things. Do you ever find any like pushback nowadays with that? You know, just having certifications and, you know, not being an RD because what I do, I'm not a licensed physical therapist, but yeah. my docs are like, we'll stack you against them, but mm-hmm. it's the result. So do you have any pushback with that? Um, ironically, I'm more qualified than like 90% of the people out there doing what I'm doing. So, um, and I've just found that with with history. And once you get into conversation with someone, I just assume everybody has the education to mm-hmm. do with it, right? Sure. And then you start talking to them and it's like, oh no, I just like to meal prep. And now I run a, a, a nutrition business. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I am not, the, the RD and me are, yes, they're different. Um, a doctor though, it depends on the doctor. Like most of the time they're referring to RDs because people have legit medical reason where they need their diet to change. And in that instance, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't care if they, I, I would prefer them to go to an RD, like sure. go ahead. Um, RDs also have to have a little bit of knowledge about medications and stuff that they're on. So I say, go do that. Um, for me, there's enough volume of business out there that it doesn't offend me if I can't handle a client, but there's so many other people I can handle. Sure. Also, my approach is less, I want to prevent, I'm preventative as well as reversing things. I mean, I've reversed like food intolerances and mm-hmm. um, high cholesterol and things with so many of my clients. Um, and I didn't have to be an RD to do it. Right. So, but yeah, as far as like a referral system, I think once you build your reputation um, and you're confident in what you do, uh, it doesn't matter if you are, you know, as accepted in that type of community as long as you've defined yourself and you've yep. proven yourself, like you said, results. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, and then with your holistic school, what were some of the differences that they used with like food nutrition? Was it a, cause to a certain degree, science is a science. Was there difference like the application with the food or how did, what were some of the holistic parts to that, that made it a little more that, that way? Right. So, um, I would say the biggest difference between holistic and, um, dietetics, mm-hmm. um, is that for holistic nutrition in the beginning, they're going off the whole person. Um, so like a lot of times with people that I meet with, it's not really like, Hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. It's, um, I am flipping exhausted all the time. I have inconsistent sleep. Um, I, um, during my workouts, I feel bloated, so I can't push myself. Um, it's, we are all symptomatic in different ways of different things. And from Mm -hmm. holistic standpoint, it comes from, okay, well, there's going to be mental, emotional, and physical issues going on here. Whereas a nutritionist isn't going to be like, or or dietitian isn't going to be like, Hey, how's your personal life? (laughs) Um, a holistic nutritionist takes off all of your lifestyle habits, all of the things that would affect you. And they approach it in that way from a clean eating standpoint. So it's also what does food do to you in your system? Um, what sort of foods lend to um, certain reactions and stuff like that. So it's more of a clean approach is what I would say and a less diagnostic, but we're looking at all of your things. And with holistic side, it definitely, a lot of it comes into play with like stress. Got it. 
Okay. I was going to say, because stress can, like, we still underestimate the power of stress. Like, there's good and bad, but if you have too much good on top of the bad, you're doing more harm than good. Well, and it's like, there's, if, if I were ever to use like one word or to describe like dietetics versus holistic nutrition is the mm-hmm. way of the world now actually is holistic is quality. Dietetic is quantity. Got it. And so I don't do math equations with my client. Instead, I educate them on, it's not about how much you eat, but it's about what you're putting in your body mm-hmm. and on what type of schedule and stuff like that. Yeah. Now with that, do you see any like, uh, I'm sure you have clients with absorption issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then how do you address that? Because a lot of times to your point, it's not how much, like if we yeah. could all eat as little as possible and yield the most amount of gains that we want to, we would yeah. all do that regardless yeah. of how much we love to eat. Sure. So h- how do you go about addressing, you know, maybe symptoms of that and then addressing that where it's like, Hey, you try to eat as little as possible and still get the best result. I think as far as the absorption stuff and um, mm. whether it be absorbing like vitamins and minerals or absorbing what I'm saying to them, because they're, yeah. which side do you, you uh, mean, Oh, actual vitamins, like, minerals, but we can hit both for sure. Yeah. So like nutritionally, uh, there are a lot of blockers for why people don't absorb things. And one of the things we already touched upon a lot is like stress. Mm. Um, but also one of the things that a lot of people don't think about as much is like digestion as a whole. So what are practices that you're doing that cause things to not absorb well? And we also do all have um, biomechanics. So you can take a blood test that tells you if you have the inability to absorb and digest certain things. Mm. Um, There are tests out there where you can do that. Most people don't know about it, so they don't go get it. Um, But I've worked with clients who've gone to um, holistic centers where they've gotten blood tests that have said, you are not allowed to have saturated fat. You literally can't process it. Um, so unless we get those tests, we don't know the what's or why's, but a lot of the habits that I see most people, um, we start to go into um, blocking and not absorbing when we're stressed. Um, lack of sleep is a massive one. Mm. Another thing that's huge in one of the things that I always tell people, so as I'm drinking my water, is we flood our systems while we're eating because most people forget to drink water unless they're sitting down to a meal. Oh, interesting. But when you drink a ton of water, you are literally flushing your system. And so everything that you're eating at that moment, what's to encourage it to stick, to stick in, right. to stay? Oh, you're wow. literally flushing. So it's so many of those habits and so many of those things. And I will always relate it to like, so funny, because then I'll relate it to like colon hydrotherapy, which is something that I, I tell a lot of my clients to do on a quarterly basis. And what is that? It, um, it's colon hydrotherapy is, is basically going to an assisted center to have um, water flush through your colon and remove stuff out. So it's uh, an enema in an office space, basically. Um, it's guided with a practitioner. Um, it's very safe. And it's, it's as long as you can get past the whatever embarrassment factor you have about it, it's so good <laughs> for you. Um, but it takes the bad out, but it also takes the good out. So you need to put things yeah. back. And I think a lot of times when people do these detox things and they do these cleanses and these purification things, they forget that they're taking the good out too. Mm-hmm. And that's where absorption stuff, because people go all in on doing all of these things and they lack a lot of it from being retained. But everything else would have to be a very specific person-to-person analysis. Got it. Um, but a lot of times too is when we eat we tend to um, not eat in the right pairings. So like if your digestive system is focused on one thing, that's not going to focus on the others. 
So it's why I always encourage people, like if you're going to have a meal that's like grains, have grains and vegetables. And if you're going to have protein, be paleo, have protein and vegetables because carbs and proteins get, they mess you up on the inside. Sure. Not to get too scientific. No, you're good. You're good. I, <laughs> I think that's useful because people be like, oh, I have uh, you know, meatloaf and potatoes. Yeah. And, and not think twice about it when it's a simple switch like that to where they will absorb better, feel better. Yes. And everything internally is like, happy like it's yep. a simple switch but most people like don't realize that so i think it's right. awesome thank you well i'm not telling anybody like don't ever have carbs don't ever have meat right it's really just like when and timing and then um one of the biggest things too i think with digestion because a lot of us we don't realize but like enzymes are what we need to break things down right mm -hmm. and as we get older which is we lose so many things as we get older along with our marbles um <laughs> we lose a lot of our naturally produced enzymes are gone so we're depleting them because we've exhausted them in so many different ways um but from eating crappy to be and then stress mm -hmm. but so i take di di a digestive enzyme 20 to 30 minutes before i eat complicated meals and that's any meal with animal protein in it um but what people don't realize is that without those enzymes, we are going to have a lethargic digestive, digestive system anyway. So eating light to heavy. So like breakfast is light, lunch is moderate, dinner is like your paleo, like your steak and asparagus and yeah. whatnot. Because that also, if you eat that way every day, will keep your system light in general. And then it will also promote better absorption. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Makes sense. It's good insight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, so I'm curious with, with more the, the business side. So you really have a different approach and mm -hmm. in terms of marketing that approach, because you know, Nardi, how you said it's quality quantity, yep. uh, theirs is maybe a little more just direct, uh, sure. to where it's kind of black and white. Uh, seems like you play in that gray area. So with marketing, like, Hey, I, I care about your overall lifestyle. I care about you as a person. Mm -hmm. how, how do you kind of use that to, to spin it in your favor to where it, you know, some people are like, Oh, what's that mean? You know, yeah. my mom's a healthy lifestyle coach and she struggles with that to where it's like, she'll listen to people. They'll like mm -hmm. break down, et cetera. I'm sure you've had the same. So how do yeah. you go about marketing in terms of your business without? I mean, I think the thing with marketing in general right now is people want to know what you've done and they want to see proof. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, the best way for me to come at my story is in my business is like my own personal history. Um, as I tell people, it's like my one thing. I was my first client, um, as you, as we all should be in any profession that we're in, we should be our own first like test tube, um, trial and error type thing. Um, but one of the things that I do, especially like with marketing is I, tell people all my stories, but I share my clients' stories that are willing to share. Um, social media is a huge vehicle. Um, I also, I approach things in a different way where with my marketing, one of the things that I have seen work, which is kind of what I'm, I'm developing something new right now, um, but I don't have a set pricing schedule 99% of the time and I go by people's budget and I give them what I can give them within their budget because I don't like to say no. Um, but I also don't think it's, you know, I live in a city where I, I have a lot of experience with people coming to me after they've worked with somebody else who was like $400 an hour and they didn't talk to them outside of office hours and they had to come into the office and all they did was go over food journals, which I, again, journaling is great. I always say to write it down. But for me, I believe that accountability and working with someone is a 24-7 job. I'm accessible. 
you need to talk to me about something, talk to me. I'd rather you not wait a week and meet with me next week, which by the way, for $400 is insane. And then have me be like, oh, well, you messed up five days in a row. Like I want to nip it in the butt. I want it to be like now. And I want to always be open to help. So for me, I'm different in a way where um, it may may affect my personal life, um, but I am, I am a very, that's why concierge is my title because I will check in with you and say, hey, did you go to your workout today that we planned? And like when I do meet with my clients, a lot of times because my clients are, are national, um, it's in a Zoom meeting like this. I record it for them so they can always look back on it and remember what I said. And then I set them out with call to actions. So I'll send them an email right after our meeting and I will in bold put the things like, this is what you said you were going to do for next week. And then I have my check-ins with them too. Like you said you were going to go to a, um, a spin class at least three times next week. So by next Thursday, I'll be like, hey, how's the spin classes? Did you get them done? Yeah. And so to me, it's all about, first of all, committing to someone's goals on a very, very high level like that, being available to them. It's also knowing your clients and checking in with them and holding them accountable, motivating them. And then the tools. So like, I'm also a little different where I feel like with a healthy living coach, a lot of people don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying like, Hey guys, I want to be your coach. I say, um, this is what I do. Like I am a certified chef. So I know how to meal prep like a boss. Um, I used to be a trainer for 12 years. So if you want me to help you with workouts at home, I can craft workouts for you in your own home. Or if you go to a gym, I can recommend classes. I can recommend a trainer. Um, I've literally done like so many calls to other cities where I've interviewed other trainers for other people. Um, but I, I do it for you and then I organize your life and then I make sure that I'm doing those check-ins. But and for me, marketing really, I think in this industry um, is all, I rely on word of mouth based off people that have seen results. Um, so many of the programs out, out there aren't as educational or interactive or hands-on as mine are because they're these like volumized, do this plan and do this. And um, they're just kind of like, I don't know, I, I, it's commercial. Yeah. Um, and um, they're made by a lot of, and like no begrudging anybody. Congratulations on your amazing body and the fact that you're always in a sports bra. But like a, <laughs> lot, a lot of them are very much, that's why. I mean, there there's aspirational programs. People want to be those people. But I think for me, and I'm, I am right now, I'm developing uh, an online community um, that's education-based. Um, but interactive and has all of the stuff that I give to clients, but it's, it's going to be a membership site for people to have access to because I'm going to bring in guests to come do videos to teach people things. But it's, I address things as like reality. Like if you look at my Instagram, like half the time I'm in no makeup, I am like frazzled out of my mind. I am like, I'm living the real life. Like yeah. I'm an entrepreneur and a mom and I'm, I'm divorced. So I also am like technically 50% of the time a single mom. So it's a, it's a tough way to live and to convey. So rather than being aspirational, I want people to live alongside me. Yeah. And so I think that's the way people respond now. And so if I can give anybody advice who wants to get into this, it would be like, use yourself as the guide, but also you're more of a companion to them because you're doing it with them. And it's actually the way you live 
yeah. and not some sort of like grand marketing tool that you can just uh, use to post pictures of yourself on. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Uh, and first off, if someone listening isn't sold, they belong to a registered, registered dietitian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, oh, I just lost my train it's of thought. A, it's, a very refreshing, <laughs> it's a very refreshing perspective though to, yeah. to go about it that way because of how, cra- how crowded the space is. And uh, yeah, but- the more people that are out there like you, like the, the better people will, will mm-hmm. connect with people and trust the process, if you will, of becoming yeah. a healthier person. I mean, I hope so because I also document my failures and I think that's what a lot of people are missing too is um, for my brain injury a couple years ago, my thyroid got suppressed. So I got hypothyroidism and last year I gained 26 pounds, still Mm. doing all of my fitness, all my nutrition, all my meal prep, everything I swear by that's worked for me, you know, forever, many, whatever. And it's still a struggle for me, um, but like out of nowhere. And I went into this mass, like, what is wrong? What's going on here? And I had to figure out what was happening again. And then, you know, I'm still on my own journey to like balance that out. So we all have stuff. We have stressful things. We have trauma. We have um, hormonal changes, which may not be medical like mine is, but we all have different things where we have to improve in little segments. Like if you notice, like when you're a teenager, your metabolism is this. And then you hit your 20s and you're like, damn, you're 30. <laughs> and you're like, what? Or you have a kid and you're like, Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're always adjusting. We should all be like waking up every day. And instead of going for perfection, we should be going for progress and perfection doesn't exist. And so aspirational programs, that's why I say like, they don't give you the long term. So really it's like, I wake up every day and I say like, all right, am I going to do a good job today? And then I forgive myself at the end of the day. If I don't, and I wake up tomorrow and I do it, you know, Mm -hmm. And that's a cool way to present it because Tim and I talk a lot about like commonality, like just, you know, prove to people that you have likes and dislikes and good days and bad days, failures and your successes. But it's like, Hey, this is just a part of it. You know, hop along for the ride or don't, but that's just a very down to earth approach rather than posing in front of, you know, your sports bra, your perfect gym bag with your perfect Lamborghini in the background. So, um, yeah, we talk a lot about people just, it's connection. So whether we've talked to salespeople or other entrepreneurs, um, whatever they're doing, they're in the people business first where it's like, if they can't connect and relate to you, yeah, I'm not going to think they can reach you. Right. That too. So that's a cool way to go about it. And like brilliant way of marketing. It's like, well, let's not kid, kid ourselves. This is who it is and right. do it that way. Right. You know, it's one of those things. And it in this world too, it's with marketing, it's uh, so much is uh, niche. You know, I, I have had so many people tell me, we either have to be a nutritionist who focuses on like moms or you have to focus on, you know, uh, single women. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to focus on people who want like real advice from a normal person. I don't want to be told that I need to be pigeonholed into some sort of category because then you also sell yourself short um, in that instance. And like, while I am a mom, um, I find it to be insulting sometimes when people try to put anybody into a category. It's like, you know, I have a lot of single dude clients because they need me to teach them how to cook for one person. Um, Over time, I've had a lot of bachelors and um, it became like a running joke because I'd, they'd be like, oh, I'm so useless. I'm so whatever, blah, 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 because I'm a bachelor and it's so sad. And I'm like, don't put yourself in that category. You're a bachelor who's an entrepreneur or who's a student or who, you know, is 
it's someone who wants to be a dad someday. I don't know. Or maybe you're learning to cook to impress a woman. Who cares? But I don't like to make people think of themselves as one way. Mm -hmm. So it's like for me, if I just thought of myself as a mom, then I wouldn't relate to all those people out there that could use my help. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that that's always, I get very distressed. As far as marketing, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. We, we've had another uh, female CEO on where she's like, I hate, or I don't know if she said, hey, Amy. She doesn't prefer. She does not prefer the word uh, mompreneur. And we're like, ah. hey, respect. Fair enough. That wasn't <laughs> going to, because she's had articles written and she's like, I just, I hate that word. Let's, let's like, hey, we're not even going to go there. Um, but with that, how do you uh, talk to us about work-life balance since you yeah. do have a five-year-old and things? And I know this is kind of your work weekend, so it seems yeah. to have somewhat of a system. But for other maybe parents or potential single parents, like, oh, I can't yeah. start business too. How does that look for you and how do you manage that? I mean, there's two different ways. I think it's, it would be very unfair for me to expect people to have the flexibility that I do have because a lot of people don't have. I have an, her father is amazing. Um, he has her 50% of the time. I have her 50% of the time. Um, and I maximize the times when I don't have her um, and I make it about work. And so like, as far as like, yes, this is a working weekend. Um, I had my social time, which I needed to prioritize as well to you know take care of myself. But then I set out my to do lists because on Mondays and Tuesdays every week, I have her and I get her after school and I have to take her to activities, dinner, yada, yada. But on days when I do have her and weekends when I do have her, I include her in a lot of things that I do. Hmm. So one of my biggest things is um, from a very young age, I taught her how to be involved in the kitchen. And so I think one of the misnomers is like, I'm not teaching my child stuff to get her to help me to do stuff. Um, kids like to feel involved. They like to feel responsible. They like to feel like they can take credit for something. So when she helps me cook and then we sit down for dinner, she's just like so excited about eating it because she helped. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I make her feel like a big girl. She's five now, but like even over time, she still feels this way. I give her bigger responsibilities and I start to graduate her. Like, how about you put your dishes in the sink? Or how about you help me load the dishwasher? Um, but that makes, it takes mom guilt away a little bit because you're doing stuff you have to do, like cook, mm -hmm. um, but you're including them. And so it's a mommy and me thing or a parent and child thing. And so there's a little bit more like you're assuaging some of your guilt. Mm -hmm. Then on the other side is I build my every uh, day. She gets like free time where she may do things that aren't educational. They aren't with me or whatever, where she is independent, where she does stuff maybe after an activity or after school, she has her snack and maybe she watches like Disney junior or she has her, and that's her free time where she does mm -hmm. the, the stuff that we try to limit on our kids. Sure. And when she's doing that, I may be sitting next to her on the couch, but I might be on my computer. Um, I might be responding to a client. Um, but I always try to find like the balance for me in being a mom is if I'm at dinner with her after tennis class, I'm not on my phone. Um, you know, if, if we're having time where I make, a literally I say, okay, my daughter's name is Reese. Um, we're going to watch a Disney movie uh, this Friday night. I don't have my phone or my computer out. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm meal prepping, I will literally 
say, hey, Reese, I'm thinking about making this. Like, what do you think about this? And she'll start to get involved and she'll want to go to the grocery store. And then I'll say things like, hey, let's look at my Pinterest. And she'll look at my Pinterest and she'll say, I remember when you made that. I didn't like that. Or <laughs> you better go <laughs> into the reality of life. Um, but yeah, I think involvement on one level and then on the other level, um, realizing that like if you're maximizing your time when you're not around them, um, without making yourself insane um, and you're committing to your time with them. I know a lot of, I have even a lot of friends who have to work a lot, um, but they're with their kids, but they're not present mm. because they're not making the most of their time at other times. And that's where you need to really just evaluate uh, if you're doing it right. So for me, I do have more flexibility, but for a lot of parents, I understand um, involve your kids and then, you know, try to have them doing something where they don't need you to be present if you do need to get some things done. Yeah, that's good. Well, kids really let you know where they're at. At yeah. least they're straight uh, up about things. It depends on the kid. I will say my kid <laughs> will always tell you where she's at. <laughs> but she's mine, so. That's funny. Um, so when, when you first went on your own, uh, I know you said you did sales and you were sick for a while and then you yep. got your, your certs and personal trained. Uh, what was that transition like when you're like, okay, it's time for me to just be my own boss, do my own thing. I got this. Uh, let me see what I can build. How, how yeah. did that transition go for you? Um, I, would, I think the transition for me, unlike a lot of people, was a little bit easier. But I also preface this with anybody because I do mentor um, people on a regular basis is that um, with doing something on your own or taking that risk, it is a lot to do with timing. And so for me, I was very fortunate to have such a strong support system in my life where at the time I was married um, to someone who was very supportive of me doing something on my own. Um, but I, I had the backing of like not worrying about where my groceries were going to come from. So that gave me the, the willingness um, to take the step, but also the confidence. Um, so I always tell people like, if you're thinking of doing something, the first thing you need to do is save up for it or make sure that there's that built-in support system. Um, and then never leave something you're comfortable with until you have a set plan. So when I was leaving um, working for other people, I did a bunch of different things. I worked at a gym, then I worked at, um, a, at a commercial gym, then I worked at a private gym um, where we combined programs of fitness and nutrition. And then I was in corporate wellness where I was a wellness director for a company that I used to go in and give lectures to like United airlines, mm -hmm. um, and Boeing and Pepsi. Um, and so I ran wellness challenges on like big levels for those. And then right after that, I was like that being on a salary and doing as much as that job required, it was like, I could be an entrepreneur and work the same hours and <laughs> do better eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but also I was sacrificing a lot of personal life mm -hmm. um, and balance. So I decided I wasn't going to leave until I had a plan. So I took six months. I did save some money um, in that time, but again, I was supported. So I had the ability to save. Um, at that time, but I came up with a strategy. Um, first of all, it was back in that time because it was what 2009, and then in 2012, I changed my company name. So it was like 2009, so it was 10 years ago. Um, social media wasn't necessarily the huge vehicle that it is now. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram was like great, but it was not as great. Like influencers weren't really like a thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was more like YouTube and uh, a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like that. So I did some things, but I developed a large list of people I'd met over the years. I had like 
1,500 people in a newsletter um, in constant contact, <laughs> um, okay. in a newsletter subscription. And so I would send out um, newsletters. I used my um, old clients once all of my non-competes were done and I reached out to them on a personal level. Like always save contact information, people. Always save it. Um, so I had a plan. Um, just because you have a plan doesn't mean it's going to work. Um, but I had a plan on what to do. And I wound up after the first like two or three months getting a lot of momentum. And in the beginning, I wasn't afraid to kind of sell myself short a little bit. So I got a couple of clients. Um, they were very regular. They had success. And I started to develop like a referral program. Hey, send me these people and like your next few sessions are free or whatever. Um, and I offered them, you know, a couple hundred bucks worth of, you know, referral dollars. And that is how I built very quickly. But they were also getting results. So a lot of my, like your clients are your walking marketing. And yeah. a couple of my clients have to be, happen to be pretty notable, like not like famous notable people, but just like well networked sure. um, in Chicago. And one of them lost like 90 pounds of me. Um, wow. And it just was like a constant conversation he had with people because everybody could tell. Yeah. And I was literally referred to a million people. Um, and I ran like a, I ran a Groupon at one point for like a boot camp class that I randomly decided to teach. Um, and that became really popular. And then I segued into that. So um, really, I think my best way I transitioned was I offered up my fitness first. So pick like the thing that you know, like I had a rental place, I could rent space, I could train people anytime. Mm -hmm. I had the schedule, I had the, the package down. Because in the past, um, I hadn't had a set nutrition package. It was always just like, oh yeah, I'll meet with you for an hour to do this, yada, yada. So I had that established. And when I started working with them, I started talking to them about nutrition. And then I would come up with customized meal plans for them for an extra charge. So I would, I would upsell my, my current stuff for them. Sure. Um, and that worked. And then, yeah, obviously the one other thing outside of like having a plan and saving and making sure you have that support is making sure that you're not so focused on like your long term right now. It should really be about your short term, like get it going, get it started. Because when you focus so much on like tomorrow, you forget that your business also has to evolve and uh, you get stuck. And I've been there. Oh, trust me, I've failed a million flipping times. Um, and I've transitioned into other ways of doing business a couple times just because life happens and it is what it is. But um, a couple times I didn't evolve at the right time and you lose traction and you kind of just got to like really start to look at the trends. What are other people doing? What's your competition doing? Why are they succeeding? Why aren't you? And be willing to change. Because mm -hmm. if you're not, then all that time you spent saving and strategizing is kind of going to go... Yeah. So, so what were some of those pivots that you had to make? Cause Tim and I have talked about, you got to adapt to the environment, to the market. Uh, it, it doesn't care. It'll just do its thing. Uh, we read in school a book, uh, who moved my cheese. It's about <laughs> mice chasing the cheese, wherever the cheese yeah, is. Totally. So, uh, same thing here. What were some of those things? Cause people look at an entrepreneur's life like, Oh, that looks super rad. Like, you know, <laughs> They don't work as much, but things that maybe didn't go as well, or like you said, you didn't do something at the right time. Take us through one of those where it's like, hey, this happened and this is how I had to course correct. Yeah. Um, I think one of the hardest things uh, for me to overcome ever as an entrepreneur is um, we tend to be very stubborn people. Um, we are also incredibly type A. 
And um, so for me, it was knowing when and forcing my hand at asking for help. Mm. So um, for the first long while, I, I didn't ask for help. Um, I should have, um, even in my personal life, on a personal side, I still thought I could do everything. And so asking for help was a big thing for me. I ended up getting, um, I hired interns um, over time. I've done that a couple times. I've had PR every now and then when I've needed it. Um, because that's a reality in life too. Like if you want to go from like here to here or you want to go to another level of your business and become like a contributor or a healthy expert for things and work with brands, which I've done too. Um, if you want to be a consultant, then you have to have a team get you to that place. Um, and to be, a lot of people do also have to get media training and stuff for that too. So it, you should know like everywhere you want to go um, at first, because in the beginning I went with such a tight scope, like I said, without thinking of evolving or other opportunities. And um, I didn't ask for any help from other people. Like I wish I had consulted with people who I wanted to be and asked them how they got where they were. Um, but most people back in the day, you didn't know who those people were because it wasn't like Instagram was showing you. Mm, sure. All these, it just wasn't a thing. I mean, here and there you would see people who are doing what you're doing, but not at the level we do now. So now I would say take advantage of seeing that people are doing awesome things. I love when people DM me and ask me for help because I'm like, great, I can offer it to you now. Where were all you when I needed it back in the day? <laughs> so not asking for help. Um, also, I think today one of the biggest things that I didn't struggle with in the beginning but is very hard for me now is um, to manage the fact that you have to make so much content. I mean, there has to be so much living, breathing, breathing proof that you know what you're doing, you're good at it, and you do it yourself, that I, in the, in the very beginning, especially um, a couple different times, I went through, like I may seem like I'm very open, but my private life is my private life. I'm very private, and I'm very closed off. And so when I started to get into it and I started to see how invasive this social media stuff was, and I wasn't willing to be vulnerable, I never talked about the stuff that happened to me in my 20s. I never talked about, it took me three years to talk about my accident when I had my triple brain hemorrhage. Um, and I came out with a bang in Shape Magazine too. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> if you're not going to, I mean, don't hide it now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think being vulnerable, being real and um, being willing to put your real self out there as far as content, because you will drown if you try to professionally curate content, have it be perfect. Um, constantly churning it out. Um, the amount of money in the beginning I spent on groceries, um, cooking, failing, taking pictures um, of food was insane. Um, I wasn't doing my own life. I was documenting like these perfect dishes um, that I made and then never ate, like threw them out. Um, that's not reality. So I think if you're like the content will drown you if, if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. So you've got to have a plan. Um, and I always say as far as like social media stuff, I pick like two or three days out of an entire month and those days are building content. Wow. And I then schedule things. Um, my stories are raw on Instagram, but like I schedule my content. I have the verbiage written out. Um, I have recipes entered with a publish on my WordPress. I'm very organized on the back end of that stuff because I need to be able to give all of my time to react to clients on a daily. Okay. So, I mean, you have to, and especially now with, I'm, I'm launching a, that online community. And so for me, it's like, that's going to take 
I have to have exclusive content for that, but then also my own content, mm -hmm. and then um, I need to interact. So I think for, for me, it definitely is like you have to be the ultimate strategist, time management, and ask for help. So interns are great at this kind of stuff. Um, it's amazing. I will say that they love the experience. They're willing to help, put in the grind, have a very specific, reach out to colleges around you, have a very specific job description and tasks listed. Um, find some people to help you. I used to have two at a time. Um, it was amazing. And then outside of that, it's kind of developing your structure. So I have always had um, client documents. So I have an intake document where I go through questions. That has evolved maybe 30 times since I started. Um, and it's, it's evolved because I also listen to my clients and I hear things and I'm like, wow, I never thought about that. Um, and I, it got to a point where too, I now don't have any qualms about asking people about their poop schedule. Um, right. In the beginning when I was young and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to offend anybody, blah, blah, blah. I held back so much. So it's really like if you go all in with yourself and your personality, but then you're organized and strategized, like you're good. Um, mm -hmm. Asking for help is like the, one, the only thing I can ever say. And then also in the beginning for anybody, I know this is going to be painful for a lot of y'all to hear, but um, I mean, I gave away the cow for free so many times. <laughs> I'm like, yes, sure. If you are, so I started doing TV in like 2008 and I used to be like, if a newscaster or an anchor asked me, Oh, Ashley, like, I'd love to like, have you do this. I'm like, totally. I'm like, you say anything about me, I'll give it all to you for free. <laughs> and there's no shame in that game in the beginning. Yeah, right. But again, you're evolving. At some point, nothing should be free anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where you need to like, constantly evaluate your self-worth too. Um, and as a professional, because a lot of people keep giving stuff away for free. And then I think a lot of people to Think that takes value away from you as a professional as well mm. so so slippery slope there yeah do you still do tv i do okay uh so what kind of things do you are you doing oh gosh um so i just started to get i have a very um i've been doing chicago tv i'm like i've basically been on every network except for nbc um okay. i've done cbs fox there's a, a network here called wciu um wgn um and abc I've been doing shows, I do at least like 12, eight or 12 segments a year um, randomly, but I, I have such a good relationship with a lot of producers. A lot of times they actually reach out to me, like, oh, hey, like we're doing this or whatever. Um, so last month I was on Windy City Live, which is fun because it's a live studio audience. Um, and I talked about convenience foods that were vegetarian um, because of uh, the January. So interesting. This whole international, yeah, movement. Um, and that's because at the, I forgot what, the Golden Globes, they served like a, a vegetarian meals and it hit like social media. So they asked me to do that. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times they're just very, very, very um, straightforward uh, segments like healthy Super Bowl, healthy mm -hmm. Halloween, mm -hmm. um, how to repurpose your holiday leftovers in a healthy way. Um, but yeah, I do that. And then like once a quarter, I'll, like send an email out to producers and just be like, Hey, these are some of my concepts. Let me know if you want to do it. I mean, I'm just lucky now where I put in such a PRs, how, what got me this stuff in the beginning and then being a professional and doing a good job and then developing those relationships is what kept me going without P. I don't have PR anymore um, oh. without PR. So if anybody's looking to get into TV um, or get into any of those things, it's all about that. And then there's also like, 
if you want to be anything, I'm lucky because I have a degree in journalism, but um, even if you're not a journalist, it doesn't matter. Um, if you are an expert in something, um, a lot of content places out there are willing to accept um, contributors. Um, so, and then if you ever get into networks, every city has editors at large. Um, and I met a couple at networking events and they write for like six or seven different magazines. Mm -hmm. So they'll come to me for quotes like every now and then. But my shape article about my brain injury came out merely because they posted something about Bob Harper from The Biggest Loser. Um, I don't know if you guys know, he was the, um, he used to be a trainer on it and now he's the host of the new revamped version on a different network. Okay. Um, he had a heart attack and oh, he's vegan and the, one of the healthiest people you could ever like literally see in your life. And he's obviously in the spotlight. So when he had a heart attack, um, they did a video interview of him about how he had to come back to his new normal um, and realize that like sometimes not all you're doing is is working sure. um, and the changes he had to make. So I made a comment on it that was like, oh my gosh. And again, I'd been very tight-lipped about what happened to me. I've alluded to it over the years every now and then, but I never really came out mostly because it was too painful for me to talk about. Um, and I made a comment that was like, because their call to action at the end of the statement was, how have you ever been through something traumatic where you've had to change your approach to life? And I, I don't know what took over me, but I was like, I had a triple brain hemorrhage from falling out a window, an accident that was preventable, that was someone else's fault. And I was in a coma with a 10 month old daughter. Um, I woke up and it took me, I mean, to this day, I still have symptoms every day, but um, I still don't have a sense of smell. My left optical nerve got ripped. Um, I couldn't taste anything for six months. Um, I constantly got dizzy spells and migraines, and I had to go to cognitive therapy. It was very, 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 and so then I wasn't working for a long time because I couldn't even look at a computer screen without getting, like, sick. So I'm type A and a perfectionist, and I've ha had my own business for years at that time, and I had to say, how can I get back to work without overwhelming myself and still being healthy. And so when I posted that, I had no idea. The editor contacted me and said, we want to feature you um, and your story based off what you said. And so at first I was going to say no. And then I said, you know what? Healing is all about like doing what you can to like anything that's cathartic. Um, and so once I gave the interview and then they posted the article, I, I actually like, I felt better and more confident about now I'm like, oh yeah, I can talk about it. Sure, yeah. whatever. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about my dad. That's all good. <laughs> um, oh, the dogs, I missed those at the vet last time. Right? <laughs> Pepper! Um, it's because dogs walk by the house. Oh, okay. He sees them and wants Got to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so uh, never say no to doing anything. Posting a comment, asking someone for something, um, you know, offering up an idea. The one thing I will say without PR, a lot of people don't listen to you, but don't be discouraged. Um, but if you go to them with a well-crafted plan, um, then you definitely have a better chance. Like, mm. hey, not here to like say pleasantries. This is my idea. Do you want to go at this with each other? Sure. Mm. And people are pretty responsive towards that once like rather than, oh, can I write for you? Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of times too, people will defer back to, hey, we have a submission place on our site. So that's always very helpful. Mm. Um, but keep trying because 
a lot of things, and especially I find with media, and you guys may um, go this, it's a, it goes with the times. Um, it's uh, Sometimes they're not interested in something, but then the next time they will be. So if you keep pitching them, like I did this thing where when I pitch, I have three very timely, trendy things at the top, but then I have my evergreen topics, which are things that could be talked about at any time, like um, foods for fat loss, whatever, um, that isn't like for February, um, at the bottom. As okay. like, I also talk about this. For me, I think for people now too, is giving examples, like I will send, well, I send my old TV appearances um, as examples or I defer them to my YouTube channel. But like if you are just getting started out, send them links to your blog articles that you write for yourself. Or um, maybe your concepts you're trying to hash out are based off of a really successful Instagram post that you had. Mm. Um, there's a lot of engagement or questions. And so you can say, I would love to turn this into a bigger story. Got it. Got it. How often do you write? I know I saw you had a blog on your website too. How often, I know you have those couple days a month, but how often are you writing? What's your environment like when you write? What's your style? Interesting. Um, so I'm a huge music person. Um, I free write every day. Okay. Um, I have uh, running notes on my, uh, the notes app on my Mac. Um, and on my phone so that they go on the cloud so that even if I'm like out and something else strikes me um, and I date them um, but then at the end of the day I reread kind of like what I wrote and if it's a concept I think is worth like a blog or social media or believe it or not for the last like year and a half two years I've been writing a book slowly um, and so it's one of those things like even just if like something strikes me or if it strikes anybody, I highly recommend you write it down. Like one time, I mean, it doesn't always work. I thought I was going to make like a, some sort of awful recipe. Um, and I wrote it down and like a couple hours later I read it back and I go, what were you thinking? Um, <laughs> but it's great to get, so especially someone like me who's been through a brain injury. Um, I think a lot of times we all have these epiphanies. And then so much brain traffic gets in the way that we forget that like one moment we had that great thing. So I always say when in doubt, write it out. Mm. Um, even if it's like, I, like I call it free writing because in college we were taught, like you said, environment. Um, I have my ear pods in and I have like, honestly, I'm the most motivated by like hardcore rap music, but okay. <laughs> um, I like a very, my Spotify is the most random thing in the world. Um, but I'll listen to music and um, I'll write or I will just find myself where some of the best things, um, and this is what's so frustrating, um, you got to learn yourself and be very self-aware because I always get the best ideas on the treadmill and mm. in the shower. And so like I will go because it's when you're clear, right? right? I have my phone with me on the treadmill and be very careful, guys. I warn you on this because I'm shocked I haven't fallen yet. Um, but I'll voice dictate instead of typing. So like I'll go to my notes app and I'll just I'll voice dictate something because I don't want to fall. Um, and, uh, it's just, you, I love, it also provides you with a great laugh. Cause after I'm like, Oh, that's what they thought I was saying. Great. Uh, go back and correct it. Um, and then I do keep like, I randomly, if my phone's not nearby or something, I'm a person who has notebooks everywhere, mm. but don't forget to download your notebook. So like I will write something and I'll write something very short. It's just like a brief sentence of what I want to actually write down. And then I'll take that to my phone and then I'll go into detail or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, catch yourself. There's no, like, I don't know. I find that the best writing, um, and even just like when I've asked other people, there's a guy on Instagram I'm obsessed with the angry therapist okay. and I love his content. And I've asked him before, um, I'm just like, oh my gosh, how are you like in my brain right now? Um, the people who are going to relate to you are the people who are going to get like, 
you're coming from a place that's so sincere and in that moment. And so if you're trying to be contrived and write something that's like not in that moment at all, or you're not feeling it, or you haven't lived through it, or it's not a strong client anecdote, then it's not going to compute. So I always say like, leave it as a topic. And then if something happens to you and you get like more relatable to it, then address it later. But like when I've had like an instance where there's some posts on my Instagram where you see me going like this, where I'm like, I'm a migraine today. I'm just not going to function. Anybody else feel like they're not going to function? And those are the things that work. Um, even with contributing to other people, because if they ask you about a trend and you're just going to do research and you have no like anecdotal experience with it, or you're just kind of like lost on it. Yeah. Interesting. You say that. Cause I have like three blogs with just the title. I'm like, really? Hmm, that's going to be good. Yep. It's going to be good sometime. Whenever it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the title is there. I know what it will be about. I just, it's still blank. Mm-hmm. So yeah. interesting you bring that up. That's a, God, I feel so much better about that now. You should. <laughs> I mean, that, literally that's, the, that's just, the, I, we're all like that. Yeah. So old school or new school hip hop, what kind of rap are we talking? Okay. So I'm like, I don't know if you call it super old school. Cause it's not like I'm listening to like run DMC. Um, but okay. I'm very much like when I was growing up, um, I was like the typical like cliche blonde, like in her explorer bump and bone thugs. So I'm a huge <laughs> bone thug. Like I'm a big bone thugs fan. I'm a huge Nas fan. I've been in a Nas. Oh, nice. okay. Like I just like I like a lot of the OGs, but who are also still but like when I listen to Bone Thugs, it's not like I'm listening to First of the Month. I, I mm. like I just listen to whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I also think that um today's music is okay. Um, but NF, like today, he's on fire and he's like really all of his stuff. He's basically like today's Eminem, but, um, where like all of his stuff is super personal and he and doesn't swear either. No. And you're going through therapy with him and his stuff. And so when you look at his song titles and then you listen to it, I like connect with it. That's the only, mm-hmm. I mean, I like rap. That's good. Like Tupac's song changes mm-hmm. it's about like changing in society and he uses the media as an example and how like people steal because they have to live. It's, I just feel like a lot of times for me, when people think about rap, I'm not doing it to bop in my car. I actually do like a lot of the concepts of rap. I'm not into the rap that like, you know, talks about like women and, and degrades us. But, um, I do like the stuff that's like really, really artistic. Yeah. Um, and is also just like, stands for something so yeah i don't want anybody to get misnomers about me uh, but then my other like real i this is going to be so dorky yeah, i'll give people this is what people need to hear um i dance in the kitchen like a crazy person <laughs> okay i have a couple instagram things where you'll see me doing that but like i legit go nuts and this started when i was young but also my daughter says mommy can we have a dance party <laughs> and so like there's two people that I listen to for some odd reason, their music always makes me, this is going to be so funny. So Robin, she's from the nineties, okay. but she kind of went underground and is like only popular with a subset of people. Um, but she has these songs that just make me want to stand up and dance. I swear to God, if I had hidden cameras in my uh, kitchen, it would be really bad. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Sia, uh, who obviously has like great music, but um, her song "Alive," I have the lyrics um, engraved on a on a in gold foil on a painting because um, wow. it's the song that I it's like I couldn't listen to music after my accident, mm-hmm. um, and so like I heard her song somehow on something, and I forced myself to listen to it, 
because I just heard a lyric and I was like, oh, I need to, it's called Alive. Like, I need to listen to this song. Something pulled me to it. I listened to it and it was, although it was painful, um, the, the lyrics to this day, like, stuck with me because everybody asked. The first, like, six months, I didn't talk to my friends. I didn't interact with anybody. Um, and when they finally started to like ask me how I felt, I'm like, honestly, the only thing I can tell you right now is like, I'm still breathing and I'm alive Yeah. because you, you know, you're not going to download everybody on what you like, what your daily sure, life sure. you've been through. Nobody gets it. I look fine. I only have one scar in my hand. Um, I look, I've always, they never had to shave my head or anything. Um, so you wouldn't know. Yeah. So it's hard to relate. So like song lyrics to me are a big thing, but yeah, yeah. I like dance. That song comes on and I'm like wild. I think I hate it. <laughs> That's um, yeah, that's my music. All right. I'll be honest. I never thought I'd say this to anyone, but Justin Bieber's newest album is pretty damn good. Is it? I never thought I'd say I'm a Justin Bieber fan and maybe okay. it took a while for him to mature, but the, especially <laughs> the back half of, of his album. Yeah. Like, there are songs I've told my roommates and one like big, big guy, big beard used to play football. I'm like, look, bro, some of this shit is beautiful. Like that's <laughs> the only way say it. And I was like, Mad respect, and I would tattoo, but I would get his. <laughs> Maybe because, like, here's the thing. This is what I say to anybody entrepreneurs. I mean, this mm. this literally always goes back to what you're talking about. He has that documentary or whatever. I haven't watched it. It's good He's on going YouTube. Through a lot of stuff, and I think like when you emotionally translate your stuff into your music or your art, mm-hmm. he's adulting now. Yeah. Um, and he's also fine. Like emotional like he's married he's happy whatever um but he's been going through health stuff and whatnot and also i think image stuff and like when you put your hurt on paper and you turn it into something it always sounds better yeah i feel like i haven't listened to it yet yeah in in that youtube documentary series he talks about his addiction and stuff his dui and he's like i knew it was my fault he goes but i wasn't ready to take ownership for it yeah and so he talks about that and like he found faith in god which i'm like i connect with that that's awesome yeah, yeah. So and it's good. Lyme disease too, right? Yep. Like, yep. Got Lyme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. to, everybody has a story. We everybody goes through their stuff, but yeah, I feel like you're probably only connecting to his music now because it actually means something, and it's not. Yeah, like, it's like teeny bopper. Like I dated this girl, and woo. Yeah, not saying an 11 year old doesn't know what a crush your love is, but it's like I'm gonna connect <laughs> with your 11 year old love when I'm like four years older than you, like, and yeah. I don't know anything about it so it's like it's hard for me to like i appreciate the love advice man usher's got this one though (laughs) that's why like you have like the i don't know you see the people evolve just like in music yeah yeah like i say i had to evolve but like yeah i i never identified with like the taylor swift stuff of like Mm -hmm. every song was about like an ex-boyfriend and i'm like how often do you date um like i so i don't know i never really related to that stuff uh, but like you know now she's like writing music about her mom's brain cancer like i think again things rhyme true with you when you're ready for it and so yay yay, justin i mean i i was waiting to be a fan of his yeah and you it's know. like, I never thought I'd buy in. I'm sold. Yeah. I'm it's, like, uh, it's like country music, though. I see, I'm a big country guy. See, I, I was never. I, I dated someone who was very into country music, and um, he got me into some of it. And like, now I have like mad respect okay. um, for some of it, uh, mostly for like people, like mm-hmm. specific singers. But um, I never got it. And I always kind of like wrote it off. Yeah. And now I'm like a huge, now I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I'll listen to that. Like country hits. Like you have to be open to it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to convert Tim still a little bit. 
I'll get you to listen to some. I'm open to it. I, yeah. I listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know you listen a lot. Depends on the mood. If I'm working, I like music without lyrics. If I'm mm-hmm. working out, I like with lyrics. Just depends on the moment, how you're feeling. Because music, music makes us feel something no matter yeah, what. It so does. It's all about what, what you're trying to get out of it and what you're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very, very true. I believe that. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, what's, what's next in your business? I know you're doing the, the big community online. You're doing that. What else do you have going on? What's, what's in your sights now? So um, I'm evolving. So in the most recent past, like I was doing a lot of, um, I've been working with athletes um, and people doing a lot of like one-on-one intensive nutrition. And for me, it's very hard for me to give my, I don't want to give my all to just like seven or eight people at a time. Mm -hmm. I want to affect more people. And like I said, one of the things for me is like making it affordable, but also giving people attention. And so the online community is going to be that. So basically you get a um, guide, which is essentially an ebook, um, which is the education. And then you guide into the membership, which is a nominal monthly fee, and um, you get all of the detailed stuff. So every week there's like a new menu with meal prep videos and tips and grocery store trips. And I mean, there's every single detail of living healthy for an entire week is documented um, on a private Instagram page that no one has access to. And then all of that content then is also, so there will be workout videos on the site. Um, all of which I've done. I have, a, I have an archive of like 48 workout videos and then I'll start to wow. release new content. So I'm building on what I already have, which is also so great. Um, and translating it to like build a community and then start to build new content around it. Um, so it's the private Instagram page, then they get newsletters. And then I've also started to do, um, I recently launched this SMS subscription. So when you join my membership site, you also have to either use a QR code or text and you will get um, daily reminders from me on text message so that it even brings the accountability to another level because going to an Instagram page, you have to do that. Right. But on your phone, I ha- I'm there, so you can't escape me. That's a good um, point. So it's all different levels of accountability. So I really like, I take the notion of 360 degrees of wellness to another level because it's also like, I'm unavoidable. Um, I'm here for you. And so there's that. And then um, I'm jump starting. So on March 2nd, I am launching a 21 day free social media challenge. Um, so anybody who signs up gets the uh, PDF, uh, which is also like, it's 21 days though of a jump start. So this means like you are clean, you are lean, you're not drinking. Um, there's Mm -hmm. no dairy, there's no gluten, um, there's no snacking and you have to follow the meals. And then I give fitness recommendations and, um, I will be talking about it and hashtagging it throughout. And then people that do it and either do like the most hashtags or seem to be the most participatory will get free entrance to my membership program. Um, but we'll also, uh, get some I'm doing some uh, giveaways and some prizes. And then, so those are the two things, but also I revamped my one-on-one services. Uh, I had so many different things on there um, that I made individual, but I don't believe that just going to the grocery store with me once for an hour is really going to change your life. So I dropped, or you have, you won't see it on my site yet, but you'll see it come tomorrow and Tuesday. Um, I'm dropping all of the one-off services and just making it either you want to be with me one-on-one um, and there's a minimum commitment of, of 30 days because you cannot make changes in less mm. than 21 days, um, scientifically proven. Um, but then that last week is for any like fall offs and then transitioning into normal life, which um, be great. Um, but that's for people with a bigger budget. 
Um, and it doesn't have to be local. I do Zoom meetings again, like I record them and everything. It's super awesome. I do research where people live. Um, so the one on stuff, one stuff is a little bit more expensive, um, mm. but you do get a lot more of me just with you, not in a group setting. Sure. Um, so there's that. So I'm put that service is going up tomorrow or tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, so it's just going to be a comprehensive one-on-one. That's it. And then the community and that's it. Um, and if people reach out to me for other stuff that I used to do, then that's fine. I just think it's better to be straightforward and run things that you know work for you. So that's kind of where I'm going. And then the 21 days, which I think it's great to give people a taste of what you do, um, but to also make them see what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And then you can say after like 21 days of doing this like very serious jumpstart thing, transition into the membership because that's more of a realistic day-to-day approach to living. And so it's a great way to market yourself, but also to show them that like they're ready for this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's super cool. Thanks. Um, Tim, any more questions for Ashley before we end it off here? Um, I guess, but yeah, before we ask our final question, yeah. what, is, what is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur that you can put your finger on, that you enjoy the most, that makes it fulfilling for you? <laughs> um, I think hmm, it's interesting, and this is going to probably be, I don't want it to come off the wrong way, but I do love to be able to have like the control. Mm-hmm. Um, and control can also be defined as like flexibility. So yeah. like I make the decision not just to set my own hours, but like if this is what I want to talk about today, then this is what I talk about today. I, you know, a long time ago, very, very long time ago when I was a trainer and I wanted to get client experience, but I wasn't certified yet. Um, I worked at Jenny Craig mm-hmm. and working at like a literally no joke you have scripts that you have to follow and you can't say anything that not even remotely. And so I think for me, that is where it comes. Like I, I really like to have like in general, like the control, but really just like creative control, um, evolving my business. I don't have to go through a whole bureaucracy to say like, Hey, this is what we need to do. Um, so I'm responsible for it. Um, and that can be like, good and it can also be bad because then you blame yourself for all your failures um (laughs) but yeah i think i definitely think like being my own boss and and being able to control my content and and the person that i am is is what's the best right um anything else that's good for me ashley anything else that we haven't hit anything for us for our listeners um, for listeners, one of the most underrated places I feel um, a lot of people don't know where to look um, for stuff. And so don't forget about Pinterest mm-hmm. because my Pinterest is just at Living with Ashley. Um, I have an entire board of recipes. You don't have to go searching through my blog. Like they're literally there in picture with titles um, and rich pins. So you have all the ingredients. You could literally make a grocery list off of my uh, Pinterest. I think a lot of people forget that. And I, I'm not one to promote it because I, I wasn't huge on Pinterest for a while until recently. Um, but it's, it's a great uh, place to do your R&D. Just make sure that you're, when you are meal planning, um, that you're following people that uh, are, are like qualified. <laughs> like I've seen people be like, oh, I went to this person's thing and I followed the recipe and I'm like, oh yeah, no. Um, it's so great. So yeah, but there's a lot of popular people and create your own boards like of your favorites because remembering your favorites is super important. Um, mm-hmm. Also Instagram, um, living with Ashley. I highly recommend that if you start to follow me based off this podcast, shoot me a DM. Like ask me anything. I, I think interaction is the, is the number one key and you never know 
you might want to start something and be hesitant, but one little conversation with me might push you. Um, I hope, uh, if you're hesitant to change and you don't think you can do it, like I hope to be able to push you in that direction. And then my website, livingwithashley.com. Um, but other than that, I just hope that people realize that like any healthy living professional, there's two things to know. One, there's a great quote out there is if any single person that you work with, trainer, nutritionist, anything, if they subscribe to one way of living, like, and they're diehard and it's like cultish and that's all they do, then they're not doing a good job. Um, because not everybody's the same and you can't live that way Two, um, really be sure that you recognize and I will not be offended, but like not everybody vibes with me. And if you want to make changes, but for some reason I'm not translating to you, ask me to refer you to somebody else or another program or something. I'd rather have you succeed and I won't take it personally. And mm -hmm. any professional, that's the second rule of thumb. Any professional who truly cares about your well-being will always be ready with recommendations for somebody else that you might vibe with. And they will never take it as a criticism. If you say to me, like, hey, I just realized I don't like blonde girls telling me what to do. Totally. Or if you <laughs> my way of coaching, like, if you're not one-on-one -on -one and you're in a group, you're going to get me the way I am all the time. If yeah. you're one-on-one, -on -one, I can adjust the way I approach it. Some people want a boot camp leader, and I can do that too. I can be hard. But, like, you know, it's, it's a personality thing. Mm -hmm. It's should never be offensive to anybody and by all means don't give up and don't stay a member for me um, and not use it so find something else or i will direct you that's the only two things i really really want people to remember mm -hmm. awesome awesome um so our last question we like to ask everyone so when you're gone when when ashley's ashley's passed on how do you want people to remember you <sighs> that's such a big question. Um, we know. <laughs> something that I've probably thought about more than most people, um, unfortunately. Um, I, I mean, I really think that if by anything, um, especially being a mother um, and being someone who likes to give back, I think that the one thing I want people to remember me by is that like, I really try to lead by example, um, but I'm also really honest with my failures. So I just want people to say like, wow, she was really real, but still really positive. Mm. And I want like, so one thing I would want my daughter to always remember, like, you know, mommy went through a lot, but like, she's still like, life is worth it. And you're supposed to be happy. And you know, bad happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I would want my legacy to just be like, that I was a positive reinforcement um, in life. And that I just truly was caring. And, mm -hmm. and that's just, that's it. I mean, you always want people to remember you for what you enjoy doing and that's what I like to do. So yeah. good. That's awesome. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for letting us have an hour of, of your work time today. Thanks guys. Uh, no, yeah. it's okay. I enjoyed it. This was great. Who knew some Hoosiers? Yeah, right. Contact <laughs> me and get me yeah. going. I liked it. A fellow Warsaw resident. Yeah, there you go. Right? I still can't <laughs> Honestly, there's a reason why you guys reached out to me. Just yeah. for that, like one that silly connection. And your girlfriend's at Miami. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Too small. They just keep great. going. So yeah. it's great. This is really fun. You guys are awesome at what you do, by the way. Uh, thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate it. I watched it. a lot of your past stuff too, which is really, really great. Oh, so thanks. Good. Appreciate that. Going. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, once we get off the call, we'll uh, edit the episode. We'll finalize it. We'll put show notes on it for what we talked about. We'll get a description, send it to you. We'll put like a two to three minute intro of us just talking, recapping, um, just so you can hear it all the way through before we publish. So we'll send that all to you in an email. So awesome. Thank you. If there's anything you need from me, as far as like details, links or whatever, just let me know for sure. Perfect. All right. All right. Thank you so That's much again, Ashley. Guys. Yep. You too. Bye. Bye.